Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Remember when Ravel Morrison was meant to be the best player on the planet? It didn't quite happen. Today's episode salutes those players who were tipped for the top and landed somewhere in the mid-pack. Michael Hinks makes his Game of Opinions debut alongside Carrie Dunn, Marcus Foley, and me, Ben Snowball. Get ready for a tearjerker. Good morning, gang. Uh, we're gathered here today to celebrate the lives of football's nearly men, the players who should have enjoyed a fabulous career, but for whatever reason, didn't quite live up to the hype. You hopefully know the drill by now. Four of us have picked the player with the most unfulfilled potential following Wayne Rooney's comments that a young Ravel Morrison was better than Paul Pogba by a country mile. We've got a debutant on the show today. Welcome to Mr. Michael Hinks. Mike, how are you doing, firstly? Good. Do I get a cap or anything? Or uh... I think we probably need to get one of those. The budget for this show is very small, though, so you might have to just buy your own. All right, I'll find one. Um, who have you gone for for your opening debate? <sighs> well, um, I don't know. don't know about you guys. I think it's quite a tough category, really. You end up reeling through about 20, 30 names and dwindling it down. But I think I ended up settling for Adriano of former Inter and Brazil fame. I think you have... You have players who were either tipped to be for the top or you have players that were actually there. And I think Adriano definitely fits that second category. He had he earned his move to Inter. He was incredible for Brazil just for basically two years. He had a great goal scoring season and yeah, he basically he dwindled from there. I mean there's a there's a sadder tale to that if you want me to go into that now, but it's um it's unfortunate as opposed to I think some of the other players that we may call unfulfilled we'll come we'll come, i think we'll come back to this the sadder tale we'll just we'll get everyone everyone on the show first carrie how are you doing i'm very good thank you and who have you who have you picked for this for this special special episode this is a really sad episode i'm incredibly depressed about the entire thing to be honest but i've gone for john bostock uh, formerly of tottenham just because i think the way he un he didn't fulfill his potential is incredibly sad so the story was that he was at Crystal Palace uh, as a kid uh, since the age of seven. Uh, Barcelona came in uh, with an offer for him when he was 14. Uh, they Palace turned it down. He said he was happy to stay uh, with Palace. And then, um, as I understand it, or as the story goes, um, his agent was uh, relieved of his duties and his stepdad took over. And 
by all accounts, his stepdad then started uh, making approaches to other clubs, uh, touted him around lots of the other London clubs, and then Tottenham came in for an offer uh, for him when he was 16. Um, Simon Jordan, then the Crystal Palace owner, went absolutely mad about this. Um, he said it was all down to money, and he revoked uh, Bostock's season ticket for Palace and his stepdad's season ticket, and that's the, the ultimate revenge, isn't it? And uh, a tribunal said that Spurs only had to pay 700000 when Palace were asking for £2 million. Um, the one stop to it all was that Palace were going to get extra add-ons uh, according to appearances and that kind of thing and a percentage of any future transfer fee. But as it turned out, uh, Bostock never made any Premier League appearances for Spurs. He made three Europa League appearances, got loaned out, and then uh, five years down the road, ended up leaving the club on a free transfer. Uh, he's now uh, been on loan at Nottingham Forest for the past year. He's been kind of itinerant, basically, uh, in his entire senior career. He's now 28. And not that there's anything wrong with being itinerant. Being a journeyman pro is a good, honest career. But for a kid that Barcelona were looking to sign for £1.5 million pounds, uh, when he was 14 and had all these clubs fighting over him at the age of 15 and 16, it's a really sad end to uh, what could have been a massive career. Harry done that was probably the most heartbreaking two minutes I think I've ever heard. Um, Marcus, can you put my heart back together, please? Um, yeah, I actually can because I'm going to go for a player who's had a fantastic career, but to me has also had unfulfilled their potential, and that's uh, the main man himself, Wayne Rooney, which sounds counterintuitive, but I think those two statements can live side by side. Obviously, multiple league winner, Champions League winner, FA Cup winner, England's all-time leading goal scorer. Manchester United's all-time leading goal scorer, but he still hasn't fulfilled his potential, in my opinion. Loads of places latched onto the quote about Morrison um, and Pogba, saying that he was miles better. But I think one of the telling quotes in there was actually, Rooney said, Morrison's proof that you can't escape the fact there are guidelines every player has to obey in professional football. Some players live right on the edge of them. Um, that was in the piece in the, in the Times. And I think actually that was quite telling as well. And perhaps an admission from Rooney that maybe he hadn't committed to the level that the all-time greats do, like Cristiano Ronaldo and Lionel Messi. And why I bring up Cristiano Ronaldo is because there was an argument at one point over who was better when they were at Man United together, Ronaldo or Rooney. Now, if you put that argument forward now, it sort of seems almost laughable. Ronaldo's fulfilled his potential and had a career that puts him in the all-time greats. Rooney has done fantastically well not necessarily fulfilled potential that was there, in my opinion. Wow. Uh, I'm sure we will potentially pick that argument apart. Very, very well done, though, Marcus Foley. Uh, finally, completing the lineup, as you will know, is myself. Now, I saw a tweet when I was planning or trying to work out who to pick, and it said, Theo Walcott has been playing like a teen who has the potential to be a great player his entire career. And I think that's so true. Ever since he sat on the bench at the 2006 World Cup, he was destined to be football's nearliest nearly man. He has that rare superpower to invalidate momentum. I don't know any other player who can do it. He scored that hat-trick against Croatia. Everyone was saying he was going to be England's saviour, the player to take the golden generation and win the trophy that the previous generation should have won. And then he didn't score in his next 22 England games. He did that incredible run through the entire Liverpool team in the Champions League. Everyone was saying, oh, is he the heir to Henri? He was even fueling those comparisons himself. And then he contributed very little to Arsenal over the following five, six, seven, however many seasons. 
and it's just a really sad case for Theo Walcott. Leo Walcott. <laughs> and that's why he's football's most unfulfilled potential, in my opinion, because he had there was so much promise surrounding him. But Mike, I'm going to turn to you because I feel like on your debut, we need to pick you apart first. You need to get into this, see how it's done. Um, to quote one of your haters on Twitter, oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Adriano was quality for Parma, Inter, and led Brazil to the Copa America. Is that necessarily the career of someone who, who didn't fulfil potential? Well, I kind of enjoyed that debate, but I also wanted it to kind of finish quickly because it was late. But anyway, um, I think with unfulfilled potential, you've got something that, I don't know, someone like Rooney, especially as well. Adriano was great for a year or two, but I don't, want, I, I don't want greatness for a year or two. In someone that I can see such potential at such a young age, he made his Brazil debut at 18. He's rubbing shoulders with Ronaldo from then on. And then at Inter, he's there, the star attraction. I don't think one or two good seasons is enough for someone of his potential to then say that that was fulfilled, essentially. So when that guy was arguing that he had fulfilled his potential, I would say it just it wasn't sustained, essentially. He was arguably the greatest striker or one of the best strikers for a year, around 2004, 2005. But... Unfortunately, like I said in the piece, for a generation, he is remembered for his PES stats, for his 99 shot power. But I think for the new generation, the unfortunate question they're going to ask is who? Do you think, though, that because uh, I've, I've got that in my notes as well, that yeah, the 99 out of 100 shot power on Pro Evo. I think players sometimes get reputations based on football games before they actually prove it themselves. Because it's basically some stats nerd has gone, oh, he's good at shooting. And then suddenly everyone's going, he's incredible, he's incredible. Why is he not this good in real life? Do you think, you think he saw the stats himself or do you think that the hype was created around the game before he actually reached his potential? Sorry. I'm sure it was based on, on that one season. I'm just wondering if we, we wonder and cry out for Adriano to be this better player because you keep going back like he was absolutely sick on Pro Evo and maybe people didn't buy any other edition of Pro Evo and they, that's the one they returned to and here's Adriano tearing it up, banging it in from 40 yards. Yeah, I mean, I get the point. I guess it is that almost court hero status for this time that this game was well so like revered by a by generation and by an age. And he was that peak player at the time as well. So I get that. But also, I think he was that player because the potential was there. He was, he was 22. At 22 is when he inspired Brazil to the Copa America title, as, are, as was greatly pointed out to me. And from 22, you're supposed to have five, six, seven great years, if, if not more. I mean, obviously, Messi and Ronaldo have rewritten that in terms of how long you can sustain yourself and I think Rooney is probably a case in point compared to Ronaldo where age has deteriorated one but has proven no barrier for the other and I think Adriano to hit your peak at 22 and then go downhill from there I think it's just yeah it's a sad tale really perfect well we're not going to cut cut you apart anymore I feel like you've survived your opening examination Carrie Dunn John Bostock, I welcome other people to pile in here because I feel like Carrie has potentially already won the argument with her opening two minutes. But the only thing I would say is that all the players we've mentioned, Wayne Rooney, Adriano, Theo Walcott, they all had great moments, potentially a spell of a few months or a season or two, or in Rooney's case, four or five brilliant seasons. John Bostock didn't, didn't really have any of that. Is it just maybe a case that he wasn't actually that good? Yeah, possibly. But I think uh, when we talk about unfulfilled potential, I think there's different degrees of it and perhaps def- slightly different definitions. I mean, um, 
Mike's saying about uh, Adriano. Yes, okay, he was a great player. And yes, he didn't fulfil his potential, but maybe that was his potential that he did fulfil. Maybe he couldn't sustain it. We have different degrees of it. Whereas with Bostock, the expectation was so high and that was the potential he was expected to fulfil and then never went anywhere at all. So... And then, you know, Marcus talking about Rooney and we'll, we'll lay into him in a minute. Um, yeah, to, to have a have fantastic career at the top level, but still have unfulfilled potential. Yeah, it's, it's really subjective. And I think, yes, you're absolutely right. Maybe he wasn't that good after all. But I think what I find saddest about it was that he didn't fulfill whatever potential that he might have had to go to the top level because of the machinations of his stepdad, apparently. It's not that he was injured, which is obviously a tragedy in, in itself if a young player gets injured and then can't play at the top level. It's not because he was lazy. It's not because of off-the-field stuff. It's because all this stuff went on and the person who's supposed to be looking out for him didn't actually look out for him. Maybe he would have been better off staying at Palace and signing those pro terms that were offered um, to him. The story is that Neil Warnock was um, looking to build his midfield around him for the next kind of 10 years maybe he would have been a decent Premier League player. Maybe he would have kind of gone on to be a a top-rated international. We don't know. We can never know because that one decision when he was 16, made by the person who's supposed to be negotiating for him, utterly screwed up the rest of his career. He did score that one absolute biff, though. Um, I think it was for his debut for Hull City in the in the Championship, and I think it was the opening day of the season. And that was like, oh my god, this kid is going to be absolutely unreal. Yeah, and I think. That's kind of one of the really sad things when you get glimmers of the talent that that one of these players might have had that they never managed to sustain. So I think all of us are saying to different degrees that the players that we've picked have shown little signs or larger signs of what could have been an absolutely brilliant top level career, but they never managed to keep it going to whatever degree. I think you mentioned larger signs there. I'm guessing that was a hint towards... Our next examinee, Marcus Foley. I think we do forget that Wayne Rooney was absolutely outstanding because there were so many years of meh at the end. But for Manchester United, indisputably, he's one of their greatest ever players. How can you say it's unfulfilled potential? Is it just because of what happened with England or because he wasn't he didn't make Messi Ronaldo a free horse race with himself? As previously stated, he can at the same time have a phenomenal career and probably not truly fulfilled his potential. Like, for example, to to go back to the comparison with Ronaldo, how many times has Ronaldo been dropped? Like, all-time great at Manchester United. But Rooney, he was dropped a fair few times, which sort of speaks to a situation where you're like, are you really fulfilling the potential that's there? I'll argue no. Also, when was Rooney's best international tournament, would we say? Oh, four. Well, Euro 2004. When he was still an Everton player. So, again, a measure of probably unfulfilled potential he's got pure tournaments after that where he hasn't lived up to what he's done as as a teenager um also you look at his goal scoring record all-time leading goal scorer for Manchester United fantastic record but then if you look at his league goal scoring record he flickered potential as the main man leading the line once Ronaldo had left so I think in 2011-2012 he scored 27 goals in 34 games but a quick quiz how many times did he breach 20 goals in the league in his career I'm not putting myself on record here. Twice. So, for again, if someone can hit 27 goals in 34 games, then surely over the course of the span of a career that is in excess of a decade, 
you would probably suggest that he would have reached 20 league goals more than twice. So again, a measure of unfulfilled potential as a leading forward. I think part of it is down to his selflessness. It was Ronaldo, Tevez and Rooney. Rooney would often sacrifice himself by going wide, doing a lot of the running. But again, it's that mentality of Ronaldo where he dominated that team because he had that mentality to be the best. <clears throat> it was within that team and in his mindset, the best in the world. My point is, there is 100% potential within Wayne Rooney to have been the best player in the world at least one year over the span of his career. And he wasn't. Therefore, unfulfilled potential. What year, Marcus? I, I know that's a bit of a harsh question to just chuck at you, but in terms of, like, is there any year in mind? Because especially with Messi and Ronaldo dominating so recently, does something stick out as you saying that should have been your year that you could have taken it to the very top? Specifically, probably not, no. But at the point where there was a debate, that was your opportunity to push on. Ronaldo pushed on, Rooney didn't, in my opinion. So I'd say the baseline potential was there, as there was with Ronaldo. Ronaldo has pushed on through the level. Rooney hasn't. And I thought it was quite telling as well. We, you spoke about age, because correct me if I'm wrong, I could be wrong, but isn't Rooney slightly younger than Ronaldo? Rooney's 34 at the moment. And Ronaldo is at Juventus, and Ronaldo's 35, right? Ronaldo's 35, yeah. Yeah, so Ronaldo, his season would be deemed a failure. I think we've discussed on this podcast before if Juventus don't win the Champions League. I mean, obviously the season's a bit all over the shop now. Rooney's currently playing for Derby County. And I think, again, that's a measure of unfulfilled potential. If, if, you're, if you're pushing yourself, you even look at Beckham. Like Beckham. MLS is a fine career trajectory. You look at Beckham when he came back to Europe. He was coming back to teams like AC Milan and PSG. Rooney's finishing up at Derby, which obviously he wants to become a coach and do credit for that. But I think a player of his talent probably should be ending his career elsewhere. I think you've been really unfair to Rooney, actually. And I think you actually nailed the reason why I think you're being unfair in that his selflessness in his style of play, his willingness to change his style of play for the team is actually hugely to his credit. And it's a huge part of what made him a great player. And just because he hasn't been necessarily as individualistic as you might have to be to be that one standout player doesn't mean you've unfulfilled your potential. It means that you've just gone on a different route. And yeah, you pointed out him going to Derby might not be what you might have expected of Rooney if he'd been asked five years ago to predict where he might end his career. But yeah, he wants to go into coaching. He's clearly thinking about his next steps. I think Wayne Rooney has turned out to be much savvier, much smarter than any of us might have ever given him credit for 15 years ago. Yeah, I, I get I get the selfless point, uh, 100%. And I agree um, that the Derby sort of situation um, speaks to him thinking to the future. Um, with the selflessness as well, though, I think, sort of, yeah, he was selfless. But I think as his career has gone on, maybe his physical conditioning hasn't been as, as, as good as it should be. And again, I think that speaks to unfulfilled potential. But I think he's had a fantastic, brilliant, wonderful career. And it matches up against the lion's share of football. But I personally thought when I saw him come through in 2004 that you're talking about a player who could be an all-great. I think it isn't unfair to say that he won't finish his career as an all-time great. I actually, I actually agree with you on Wayne Rooney. I think Euro, two, Euro 2004 and Wayne Rooney, that game against Croatia in particular, was one of the best standout individual performances at any international tournament that I've ever seen. And then I think, what did he get? I think, what did he finish? One or two World Cup goals in his entire career. His World Cup will be remembered for that stamp on Carvalho. Um, 
So yeah, no, I, I, I agree with you to some extent. Who wants to come at me over my Theo Walcott argument? Um, yes, 100%. Happy days. Um, oh dear. I think what you've done is you've completely and utterly uh, incorrectly measured his base talent level. I think Walcott talks himself of having picked up football late, which then has an impact on how he plays football. I think Walcott was a really talented young player and I think he was done a massive disservice by ta- being taken to the World Cup by Ericsson because I think it put too much pressure on what player he could become. And I think Ericsson overestimated perhaps his ceiling. So actually, Theo Walcott, when he came through, had some aspects of his game that were exceptional, some aspects of his game that were bordering on average. And actually, his level is a very good Premier League player. And I think his level has been a very good Premier League player. Hence, he's probably not unfulfilled potential. I understand where you're coming from. I don't think he's been a very good Premier League player. I think he's shown flashes. But I think if you asked any Arsenal fan about Theo Walcott, they'd, they'd turn around and be like, no, he, was a, he, he let us down. He wasn't, he wasn't ever anything for us. He wasn't the right winger that he should have been. He always pretended to be this striker. And I think he did have bags of potential. And I agree, maybe he shouldn't have gone to the World Cup. But the fact is, is that at Southampton, he was this brilliant, explosive player, great anticipation, but he was so right-footed. And what he should have done is gone, I'm clearly a right, I'm clearly a right winger. Um, my finishing's okay, but I'm not strong enough to hold the ball up. And he's built in this, I don't know, into the similar sort of position to say what Mo Salah occupies at Liverpool, where you let a striker draw out defenders and you charge into that space in behind, but you occupy one flank. And I think because he was kind of giving these messages, oh, I'm going to be Arsenal's number nine, I'm going to be the new striker, I'm going to be the new Henri. And it just never, it never really happened. Um, and I don't think he was, he was average. I mean, anyone who scores a hat-trick for England away at Croatia isn't someone with a lack of talent. It's just someone who doesn't know how to use it. But, but someone who is potentially exceptional in some aspects of the game, but not in others. I'd say about the hat-trick, for example. But in terms of Arsenal fans, with the greatest respect to Arsenal fans, I think if you ask anyone post-2009 about uh, an Arsenal player, I'm not sure they'd be overly uh, complimentary. Because let's be honest, the club has a reputation for being maybe pessimistic in terms of... So I, I don't think Arsenal, Arsenal fans are probably, probably the best, best judge, judge of, of uh, Walcott's base, base level and what he should have done. I think, he, I think there's also an issue where, where when Arsenal were fantastic, they were running around the League Cup, beating teams left, right and centre with basically their second team which, again, I think put unfair expectations on some of the players within that team. So I get that he's very good at some things and not very good at others. But for me, that in essence is football. That's why defenders are defenders, strikers are strikers, wingers are wingers, and your world, world, world class players are good at everything. And if you look at someone like Arjen Robin, he had one trick and one trick only. And he cultivated that perfectly because he knew exactly what he was. Get to the right right flank, shimmy to go down the... Jimmy to go down the um, the touchline and then whoosh, cut in, curl it in top corner. He did that every single time and no one could stop him. Theo Walcott should have carved out a niche. He knew he could have blitzed it into that corner of the penalty area and driven it with his right foot bottom corner and just carved carved that out, carved that out for him. Instead, he was like, oh, I'm going to be a striker. Oh, no, maybe I miss or maybe I'm that. I, I, I humbly suggest that Arjun Robbins' uh, one trick wasn't in fact one trick. It was a combination of a number of tricks that came together as one trick. And that's where Walcott probably <laughs> falls down. So that speaks to the argument about being very good at some things and not so good. Like Arjun Robin, the shimmy, great. The pace to get in that situation, great. The finish into the top corner, great. They're three great things. So it, I would say it's not one particular skill. And I think maybe Walcott sometimes his finishing 
would sometimes be fantastic, but it sometimes really let him down. So I think that's, for me, where Walcott falls down in a comparison to Arjun Robin. And potentially where my argument falls down as well. So I think we'll, uh, we'll conclude it there uh, before, before I'm assassinated further. <laughs> um, brilliant stuff, Mike. How have you found your debut? Absolutely loved it. I'd like to come and try and pick Marcus apart again sometime. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll arrange that. Maybe we'll just get the two of you on on one episode and me and Carrie won't be here and you two can just, <laughs> just, just take us to cleaners. Me getting picked apart is a weekly, <laughs> weekly occurrence. Right? But anyway, collection of horrible opinions. Opinions ahead of that time. <laughs> one way of putting it. <laughs> <laughs> Carrie, thanks to you as well for being here. Thank you very much. See you next time. And Marcus, ever the entertainer, thank you again. Thanks, Ben. Uh, that's it for this episode. Um, stay safe, everyone. And we'll be back soon for more rogue opinions from Marcus and the gang. Adios. deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 